Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. That's our boy. That's Chris Cruzy. Money. Chris, of course, from the Barron area. Boy, oh boy, got a lot of national notoriety on the national TV song, what, America's Got Talent, or The Voice, uh, what was it, The Voice he was on, that he finished second place? I think it was The Voice. Yeah, I talked to him, he says, yeah, I'm glad I finished second, he said, if you finish first, they own you, so uh, (laughs) he came back around here and doing a great job, and really, really is conscientious of the community around here, and he does a lot of good things around, puts on a lot of neat concerts, and helps out a lot of people. Chris Cruzy, hopefully he has... More success as we go along on a Friday morning. It's the shank of the day, baby. Bob and Joe with you. Lots of chores to do this morning. You were down at a field day, Rocky Mountain High field day down in Toma yesterday, right? Actually, it was right on top of a knoll. (laughs) (laughs) They had a hemp field day. It was a hemp field day. And I talked to uh, Shelby Ellison. She does a lot of research down at Mm UW-Madison. And, you know... You don't even wrap your mind around how many varieties of hemp there are. She no. said there's like 18 in this in this uh, plot here, but she said there's over a hundred different varieties, and they get a lot of them from Europe and out of Canada and hmm. different kind of things they do with hemp. Boy, I learn something new every day. Learn something new already. It's not even five o'clock yet, so that's a good thing. So we'll have Jill's interview with Shelby uh, later on. I was at a field day over at the Procknow Farm over in Menominee area. We'll find about do research from uh, Bayer Ag, uh, DeKalb Asgro, the uh, smart corn, little shorter corner doing research on, and it sounds promising. Sammy Brantner is the agronomist in uh, down in the Mondovi country, where she is, and uh, northern Wisconsin for Bayer Ag and uh, DeKalb and Asgro. Good interview with uh, Sammy that we'll have on later on as well. Brent will be in. Brent Wink, he was a major part of the field days the last couple of days for Synergy and Alcivia. So we'll get an update from him on uh, what they talked about. So we got lots of things to do. Fairs going on. Central Wisconsin State Fair. Also, don't forget the Minnesota State Fair getting started yesterday. That'll go through Labor Day and lots of high school football and uh, you know what I'm going to do this weekend tomorrow? I uh, I don't even have a clue. A grade school class reunion. Oh my! Guess how many years ago I graduated from high school? All of it. <laughs> Take a guess. Oh, it's got to be fifty-five. Uh, yeah, I'll add on another six. Sixty-one years ago oh, this spring, I graduated. From uh, grade school, Catholic grade school in Madison, and uh, had a reunion a few years ago, and I couldn't get to it because I was on a farm tour, 
And then we planned one, uh, COVID stopped that. So we're getting together tomorrow, probably the last one. <laughs> I don't know how many of us are left, but it'll be fun to see some of those kids. 61 years ago, graduated from high school. No wonder people ask me, aren't you retired yet? <laughs> Good question, but no, I am not. And we've got uh, lots of farm news to take a look at as well this morning. Morgan will be along with the news, so it's a busy Friday morning. Brent's on his way in right now. He's had a busy week, too. He had a wedding last week and field days this week. Busy boy. We're busy. It's the farm show. You're supposed to be busy on the farm. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, back then, grade school was through eighth grade, not, what is it, fifth grade, and now six, seven, and eight are middle school, and high school is nine through 12? Yep. All right, so uh, just to qualify that. Hey, good day today. Got some hay. Want to go to the fair? 80 degrees. It's going to be sunny today, and it'll be down to about 53 tonight. Uh, Tomorrow, there's a chance of rain. Temperatures in the low 80s. A little more rain possible on Sunday, about 80. And then uh, next week should be pretty nice. Partly cloudy Monday and Tuesday. Low 80s, upper 70s. Full sun on Wednesday. A mid-70s, we've got 53 degrees right now. It's a nice morning. There's some cool spots. So Ladysmith, Medford at 48, Black River Falls at 49. Yeah, good sleeping weather on Wax 104.5. It is one minute exactly after 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden is slamming former President Trump and the Republican Party. In a fiery speech Thursday in Maryland, the president called out the former president and his followers. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But we've chosen a different path. Forward, the future, unity, hope, and optimism. The rally kicked off a Democratic midterm push just months before the November elections. A federal judge is ordering the Justice Department to release a redacted affidavit related to the FBI's search of former President Trump's Florida home. The story from Mark Mayfield. Despite his decision, the judge said the government has proved parts of the affidavit should be kept under wraps. That's because he said the identities of witnesses and law enforcement would be revealed. So would the investigation's strategy, direction, scope, sources, and methods. The affidavit should be made public by noon Eastern time. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn says her visit to Taiwan is a message to Beijing. The first-term Republican landed in Taiwan late Thursday night and tweeted, We will not be bullied. China's government has been pressuring U.S. officials not to visit the democratically governed island it considers a part of China. Four people are dead after a shooting at an Arizona apartment complex. Police in Tucson responded to a report of shots fired just before noon on Thursday. They learned a constable and an employee of the apartment complex were serving an eviction notice to a tenant when gunfire erupted. The shooting is still under investigation, but it's been confirmed that the constable and the suspect were among the four people killed. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, pretty nice day today. We should see a lot of sunshine, temperatures around 80. A little fog out there this morning. I'm not thick, not, uh, you know, be overly concerned about, but you might run into a little patch here and there, so be aware of that before the sun comes out and burns it off today. Now, tomorrow there is a chance of rain, 83, uh, lingering into Sunday when it'll be about 80. Partly cloudy on Monday and Tuesday, and full sun on Wednesday, low 80s to upper 70s. Right now, kind of cool. Medford, Ladysmith, 48, Black River Falls, 49, Rice Lake, 51. It's 59 in Wausau and La Crosse. Marshfield at 57 over Green Bay. It's 59. Packers played last night. I don't know. Did they win or lose? Did you uh, spend time watching football last night? I did not spend time watching football, but I do know that they lost. Oh, did they? Okay, well, that's good. They lose the preseason. Hopefully they'll win in the regular season. But uh, anyway, Green Bay at 59. Madison Sun Prairie at 64. Milwaukee at 67. And it's a very pleasant 53 degrees right now in the Chippewa Valley. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get at it. Courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Uh, Jill, where are the cash livestock numbers been this week? Choice fed beef steers are 140 to 150 and a half with mixed at 125 to 139. Choice fed beef heifers are 135 to 149 and a half with mixed at 110 to 134. Choice fed Holstein steers are 131 to 140 with select and silage fed at 110 to 130. Cows are 70 to a dollar. Bulls are 99 to 116. Butcher hogs are 85 to 109 with sows at 66 to 72 and a half. Boars are 15 to 26 and a half. New crop market lambs are 95 to 127. Feeder lambs are 110 to two dollars. Ewes are 65 to 105. Small goats are 30 to 125 dollars. Medium goats are 75 to 265 dollars. Large goats are 75 to 530 dollars. With nanny goats at twenty-five to three hundred fifteen dollars at the Mercantile Exchange, live cattle mix mostly lower. August live cattle one forty-one ten down twenty-two. October at one forty-three sixty-five down twelve. December live cattle one forty-nine ninety down a dime. February was up a nickel at one fifty-four sixty-seven. Feeder cattle were higher yesterday. September at one eighty-four twenty-five at the close up a dollar twenty-two. October at one eighty five fifty two, that was up a dollar seven. November one eighty seven oh seven up a dollar two. And January at one eighty seven eighty up ninety cents. Lean hog carcass contracts also higher yesterday. October ninety one ten up seventy two. December eighty two sixty two up forty five. February eighty five ninety two up seventeen. And April hogs eighty nine seventy five, and that was up twelve. Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Lack of demand for corn, looking at uh, some big yields for beans and the lack of interest as far as uh, what's going on as far as soybean meal is concerned. But overnight, we saw some gains. We had December corn up a nickel, sitting at 6.55 this morning. Oats down another 11 cents overnight, sitting at 3.96. December wheat up two at 7.91. Soybeans up seven. November sitting 14.38 this morning. And October meal up 5.20 a ton at 4.23.90. Barrel cheese down a cent and a quarter, 186 and a quarter. Blocks unchanged, 176. Butter up three and a half cents at 3.03 and one half cent a pound. Class three prices a little higher yesterday. August up a nickel at twenty eleven. September back over twenty dollars at twenty oh one as it was up two cents. October up one cent at twenty thirty six. November up fifteen at twenty one thirty one. And December up eighteen at twenty one twenty eight as prices were higher through July. We're going back to the Central Wisconsin State Fairs. Earlier we were there talking to some of the exhibitors in the livestock show and we'll talk hogs coming up. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The hog show at the Central Wisconsin State Fair dominated by young ladies. We're going to talk to a couple of young ladies that did very well. First of all, Olivia Smurs. And you're the first 4-H kid I ever talked to that doesn't have a vowel in their name. Do you know that? Uh, No, I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, you do now. How do you spell your name? Um, S-M-R-Z. Oh, that's not Irish. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, your hogs at the fair. How many did you bring? I brought three. Three. And uh, you had one hog named Evelyn. Tell me about Evelyn. What was Evelyn all about? Um, Evelyn was one of my best pigs, and she got grand champion. So what made her one of your best pigs? What did the judge say about Evelyn? 265-pounder. She um, was a really fresh and clean pig, as he described her, and she had a lot of muscle build, which was good, and she had very wide shoulders. So the fairs, uh, the hogs you brought to the fair, you walk around 144 hogs at this show this year. Did you walk around before the show to see about the competition, and do you think Evelyn was the best? Yeah, we always walk around a little bit to scope out the competition, but you never really know who brings what. So you never really know if you're going to win or not. So what was the procedure of getting Evelyn ready for the show as far as feeding, as far as walking Evelyn to muscle her up? What would you do? 
We um, weigh them every week to make sure that they're on track and change the feed accordingly to what their weight is. And we also walk them one um, and even two times a day sometimes and towards the fair even more than that just to make sure that they're ready for the fair. This is the best you ever done or you have done better? Yeah, I got grand once before a couple of years ago. Yeah. You got a secret place where you buy your hogs? We just get them from the same breeder every year, Todd Cherney. Who was a Wood County native and won this show many times as a kid himself. Did he? Yes, he did. The Cherney boys won this show many, many times with their hogs. Taking this hog to the market sale. What are you going to do with the money? I usually put my money away and save it. For what, college? Sure, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me about showmanship. How'd you do in the showmanship? You were in intermediate. Yeah, I got second in my class for showmanship. So what did the judge say that you need to maybe step it up a little bit for the future? I need to work on more eye contact. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, Olivia Smurr, she had the grand champion hog here at the fair. Now let's talk to the young lady that had the reserve champion hog. That's Grace Hasnoil from the Country Kids 4-H Club. And Grace, how many hogs did uh, you and your family bring to the fair this year? 11 pigs this year. So, so how many did you end up showing? Well, I was supposed to show two, but I ended up showing one. And that one was Otis, right? Yeah. So tell me about Otis. He was reserve champion market animal. What did the judge like about Otis? He was a nice-looking pig and a lot of muscle. I wasn't really listening. I was just kind of... How many from the family actually uh, show hogs at the fair? Five of us. So who gets to pick out what as far as hogs when you get feeder pigs? Who gets first choice? Oldest ones. So what? where are you in the uh, chain of command as far as picking hogs then? I'm the third oldest out of them five. So what happened to the older ones that they didn't pick a champion hog? Um, I don't know. They just... You can teach them a thing or two in the future, yeah, huh? I can definitely do that. So tell me about uh, your getting your hog ready, getting Otis ready for the fair. What do you guys do? How do you get all your hogs ready? What do you do? So it takes a lot of time, and about every single day you go out there, walk them for 45 minutes, bring them back in. Every three days we usually weigh them, feed them twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Like Olivia, do you walk the barn before the show to see what the competition looks like? Yes, I do. Did you take a look at Evelyn and think she might be better than Otis? Well, I know that the last year they had a grand champion one too, and you always... You always know that there's going to be good pigs, so... So how about showmanship? How'd you do in showmanship? I took reserve out of... Yeah, I took reserve. In what classes were you in in showmanship? How old are you? Seventh grade. All right. Who beat you? My sister, actually. Who's that? My twin sister, Rose. Your twin sister, Rose, actually won showmanship. Rose, tell me about showmanship. What uh, What's the key to being the best showman? Eye contact. With who? The judge? With the people in the stands? With, with the judge. Um, I don't know. Just have your uh, pig clean all the time. If they go to the bathroom, you always have to wipe it right away. Just basically eye contact all the time. Now, you guys, I want everybody here showed with a whip, not a cane. Why do you like to show with a whip? I think it's more durable, like, to hold. you got a better grip on it. Does it give you more control, do you think, of the pig? Yeah, it does. So what about you in the market classes? How did you do? I took first in all my classes besides one. I got second in my third one. And again, some of the uh, top exhibitors at the uh, Junior Hog Show at the Central Wisconsin State Fair, Olivia Smurs, North Carolina Line 4-H Grand Champion Hog with Evelyn, and then Grace Hasnarl, the reserve champion with Otis and uh, her sister, twin sister Rose, who was the uh, showmanship champion. So, again, congratulations to all those young people. 17 minutes after 5, we'll take a look at some farm news next. And uh, we're going to hear from our resident attorney, Bridget Finke, as we uh, make more plans for the operation for the future. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 and a half after 5 o'clock and talking about the hog industry as we were with the champions over there at the Marshfield Fair. There's more stories having to do with the hog industry in this country. Jill, what's that? You bet. The U.S. pork industry is seeing more consolidation. New industry numbers show that between 1997 and 2017, hog farm numbers dropped in half with the largest operations now raising 93% of the country's hogs. A breakdown of those numbers shows farms 
with more than 2,000 hogs, make up 91% of the industry, up 30% from 1997. Also in the 90s, farrow-to-finish operations made up 65% of hog operations, but not anymore. Now hogs are produced mainly on feeder-to-finish operations, which account for 60% of current hog operations that produce 83% of the finished animals. But one thing that hasn't changed, most U.S. hogs are still produced in the Midwest, which is home to about two-thirds of the U.S. hog production. Iowa leads all states, feeding about out about one-third of the total U.S. hog herd, with Minnesota second at 12%. All right, so, uh, yeah, changes, consolidation, whatever you want to call it. Thanks, Jill. And coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Bridget Finke, get an update on uh, some of the things that we need to do as far as uh, keeping the operation viable from the financial side of things and uh, family involvement. We'll do that next on WAX. It's 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, 53 degrees out there. Looks like a sunny day, about 80 today. For those who work in acres, not in hours, WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. How important are written contracts versus the traditional handshake? Well, let's talk about it today. Bridget Finke, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law, joins us right now. And Bridget is an attorney in this modern era. Do you kind of shake in your boots when you hear that uh, I've got an agreement, we've shaken hands on it, but we haven't signed any papers? What does that do for you? Well, I tell you, I, I hear it enough that, that I don't shake in my boots, but I just always want to remind folks that while things may work great between you and your neighbor that you've lived next to for 30 years or 40 years, something could happen to that neighbor, something could happen to you, that it's not the two of you now acting under that uh, verbal contract that you made over your handshake. And uh, it can be a whole lot harder to prove up what that agreement was with uh, someone else who's standing in that person's shoes, acting as their financial agent under their power of attorney, or their children who have now inherited that land. And so with the importance of the access to the land, you know, particularly for my farmers who need the ability to spread their manure, uh, is that really a risk you want to take to have nothing in writing? What about a handshake? How much weight, if any, does it have in law if it's just two people, or if we have witnesses, one for each side, does it have any weight in the law at all? Oral contracts are absolutely enforceable. The the problem is that uh, is proving the terms when everyone's memories are fallible. In my view, there's really no substitute for putting it on black and white. Then there isn't any uh, confusion about, well, I thought it was three years. No, I thought it was two. Well, I thought it was the same rental rate the whole time. Oh, no, we were going to talk about it every year. If it's down on the paper and it says two and it says, you know, whatever the, the hundred bucks an acre or whatever it is, then that sure is very helpful if I mean, worst case scenario, we have a court involved, or even simply we've got other parties than the ones that were there shaking their hands together. But the handshake is not going to go away in, in many cases. Uh, you you just have to live with it in some case, hope that uh, we both survive for a long time. Well, I, I always say that uh, it's, it's hard to uh, get farmers concerned about risk when their whole operations are at the whims of Mother Nature a, a lot of the time. So uh, I understand that we're maybe not interested in, in throwing money at or um, spending the time and energy to document every bit of business transaction that one does. And, you know, if it's 20 acres that's just handy to have, 
that may be a different thing than if it's 500 acres that you absolutely need for your nutrient management plan. And so weighing the importance of those things and, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not here saying you need a 40-page lease, but boy, when you get the panicked phone calls of, oh my gosh, you know, 50-year-old neighbor got COVID and died and now it's, you know, he's got a 15-year-old kid, what happens and, and do I have a right to buy that or continue my lease, boy, you sure wish you had the paper at that point in time. Well, let's talk about what we should do then, and that is get the paper. How do we start it? And and you've brought up so many things just now about what to include in a, a contract or an agreement or a lease, whatever term you want to use. Where do you start? And do you need a, a an attorney like yourself or a banker to make sure all these important things are included? You know, lawyers are in the business of writing contracts, and, you know, sometimes people think, well, I can get my own form. And, you know, the problem is that do you know what's not in that form that maybe might be important for you or your circumstance, or are there things in the form that that really don't fit and aren't right for your circumstance, but, you know, do you, do you understand all that language? If it's important enough to do, in my view, it's important enough uh, to, to do it right. And it does seem to be that almost every circumstance has its own little uh, quirks and tweaks, and that's not going to be in any form you pull from the Internet. I know that our UW Extension has done some good work, and there are some resources out there of checklists and discussion points. So, uh, you know, talk with your local resource there. You can do a lot of the legwork and make a lot of the decisions or be aware of a lot of the things um, that maybe you want to include in that document. Um, and that can let you be more efficient with an attorney's time and so then um, make that process less expensive. So there's certainly plenty of people who do it on their own or there are people who get help on one and then kind of are off and running on their own moving forward. There's also a lot of them that are done on their own, and you don't know that you miss something until something goes wrong. And so, again, it's about that risk assessment of whether that's, that's worth it to you or not. How much flexibility can we put in there? In other words, maybe a gray area, because from the landlord point of view, I rent you my land looking at corn at $4 a bushel. Well, now if corn goes up to 7 or $8, you're making a lot of money, and my price is static. On the other end, as we've seen this year, the price of all the inputs have gone up. Seed, feed, fertilizer, the herbicide chemicals, and weed control. You know, are there gray areas we can put in there that say when, you know, certain dollars are triggered one way or the other that, that it can change? How flexible can these things be? I was going to say, I wouldn't be drafting for it to create gray areas, but what you can draft for is flexibility. And so some of those contracts are the, that the rental rates are determined based on running calculations of the various important factors. And so, but then both, you know, both parties have to be comfortable with, um, with entering into that arrangement. And so, you know, the landlord may be on a fixed income and says, hey, I just, I want to know I'm getting $150 an acre, period. You may make a lot of money. You might not make any money. Not my problem. You know, here's what the value of the use of my land is. Um, on the other hand, when, when those prices do swing, you know, sometimes there's teeth gritting and, and grumbling on that side of things. On the other hand, you know, it's not, not often that they say, oh, only give me a hundred this year. Corn prices are so low or, or inputs are so high. So, um, you know, both parties have to be on board with that, but certainly it does not have to be just a, fixed dollar certain. You certainly can do uh, various formulas or sometimes there's crop sharing arrangements um, that folks enter into. So you you definitely can plan in flexibility and, and you can plan in flexibility as well even if you're agreeing to allow the use of the land for a longer period of time than maybe just one crop year. doesn't mean that that rental rate has to be fixed in time either. And again, Bridget Finke, Valley Crossing Law. 
contracts, leases, things like that. Uh, she's on top of it and always available to talk with us about some of those things that we run across. Bridget Finky, Valley Crossing Law. We'll get another authority, this time on the news next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning and a beautiful day in store for us. Sunny about 80. It's uh, about 53 now. Some places down in Blackbird, 49. Lady Smith, Medford, about 48. Well, let's warm things up. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning. What are you going to do this weekend? You had the the world event in Boyceville last week. I'm going to get caught up on my yard work. Are you really? Yes, I am. I have a garden that is screaming weeds right now. I need to get after that and then bring you your tomatoes. I was going to say, pick tomatoes. <laughs> You've been bragging about these tomatoes for two weeks. Tell my kid to slow down her social <laughs> schedule and I will, right? That can happen at that age. So, <laughs> sure But it should be, should be a good one. What's going on this morning? Well, we're starting your Friday off here with headlines that keep us in the 715. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We're waiting for more updates and word about about a police presence at the Metropolis Resort last night with 715 Newsroom coverage. John DeMaster tells us what we do know so far. At least six police cars and an ambulance were at the resort about midnight last night. Nobody's saying why they were there. Police say they have a suspect in custody, but again, aren't saying what the suspect did. We're expecting an update later today. I'm John DeMaster. We go to Altoona, and in Cinder City, the gavel drops. Seven years in prison for a former financial advisor who defrauded clients. A federal judge in Madison yesterday sentenced Michael Schillen into prison for his role in a scam that had him taking out more than $450,000 in loans using his clients' banking information. He pleaded guilty to that case back in May. Stretching the lens a little bit wider across the state, we see prosecutors are dropping some of the charges against the suspect in the Christmas parade attack. The DA in Waukesha yesterday agreed to dismiss six counts of homicide by a vehicle with a drug enhancer against Jarrell Brooks Jr. Now the judge in the case says there can't be two punishments for the same crime. Brooks will continue to face six counts of first degree homicide for the six people that police say he killed when he sped through that parade. He's scheduled to go on trial later this fall. And there was a uh, Taylor County farm that had deer, about 200 of them put down because of CWD. Department of Ag yesterday saying 238 deer were put down because of the outbreak of chronic wasting disease at the farm. That comes after a six-year-old white-tailed doe tested positive last year. And from the deer to the dogs, get those belly rubs ready if you have a pooch in your life. Time to spoil them. There are plenty of ways to spoil your furry friend on this annual holiday. And Krispy Kreme is out with another one. They're releasing doggy donuts in six flavors containing all natural ingredients. If you're looking for something for yourself to celebrate the occasion, the dog retail company Bark is behind a contest that will let 100 lucky winners get a tattoo of their canine for free from an artist of their choice. I'm Mark Mayfield. And we always hear about how uh, Jerry Fitzgerald's dog runs the show over there in Stratford. I wonder if his is going to be getting a tattoo of his pooch anytime soon. We'll send it back to the old dog in the barn, though. Bob Jill in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Oh, yeah. I love dogs. But I walk around, I drive around town, and I see people walking their dog with a bag in their hand, picking up after their dog. And I Mm -hmm. said, what? What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> the dogs seem happy as can be. Yeah, the, dog, yeah. the dogs are in control, that's for sure. I think metaphorically, most of us are used to that position in life. So, you know, what's the actual task? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Have Anytime. A great you too, Bob. There she goes. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Well, if you want to walk your dog or work in your garden or, I don't know, got some hay to put up or go out and check your fields, whatever the case may be, let's find out what the weather's going to be like. Mike Dandry is over in the Skywarn 13 weather room. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Good. What do you got planned for the weekend? Anything big? Uh, well, I'm actually working tomorrow night because Derek's on vacation, oh, but uh, we're actually um, dog-sitting for my <laughs> soon-to-be in-laws, and I'm excited because I love that little guy. So, so are you uh, going to take him out for a walk and take a plastic bag along and clean up with him? <laughs> oh, you best believe it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, it's emphasis on the plastic bag, too. <laughs> don't wear your Marine uniform out there. It would lose something when you see bending over <laughs> picking up after a dog. Yep. <laughs> but good weekend or at least a good day today then the weekend might get a little wet Take oh absolutely it. yep so today just get out and enjoy it it is going to be beautiful we'll have a little bit of fog in the early going and a chilly start so if you are on the roadways already well i hope you grab that jacket but if you're heading out the door anytime soon probably want to grab it as a lot of us are hanging out in the low 50 low 50s and some upper 40s too but that sunshine is going to help warm us up fairly quickly 
to around the 80 degree mark later on. Now tonight we'll start to see a few high clouds filter in. Our lows will dip to around the low 60s and those high clouds will give way to a few chances at some showers, maybe a rumble or two of thunder uh, tomorrow too. Otherwise we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun to take us through most of the afternoon with our temperatures into the upper 70s and low 80s once again and then going into tomorrow night and by Sunday morning a few more chances at some showers and thunderstorms present themselves with temperatures into the low 80s and then we start to see some humidity really work its way in especially going into Sunday and Monday. Uh, Monday likely going to be the hottest day into the mid 80s uh, for our highs with a slight chance at a couple showers and storms early on but then we'll give way to a little more sunshine and some humidity too but then we start to pull back the temperatures a little on Tuesday still keeping a bit of that humidity mostly sunny and low 80s and then really just a beautiful stretch midweek plenty of sunshine comfortable humidity and temperatures into the mid to upper 70s but right now again a little bit of fog in the area and a temperature of 51 degrees in Eau Claire. You know, you talk to people now, you get out there and they say, but it just feels like fall, doesn't it? Mm, oh, today <laughs> really does have that feel. And if we just had that little bit of more of a breeze, that crisp fall air mm-hmm. for a little razzle-dazzle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good football weather. We'll get some football started here in earnest now. Absolutely. And uh, my Cardinals ended up with a big win last night. So, uh, you a St. Louis Cardinal fan? No, uh, Chai High. Oh, Chai High Cardinals. Oh, okay. Who'd they beat? Boy, Chuck Reykjavik has been coaching there forever. D.C. Everett they beat, so uh, it was back and forth, too. Oh, man. Were you at the game? No, but I saw the highlights this morning, and uh, man, oh, man, it was a great game. Oh, that's good. High school football, as good as it gets, isn't it? Absolutely. Hey, thanks, Mike. Have a good one. You too, Bob. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 this morning as we look at our weather on wax on a Friday morning. Our weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got Brent here. We've got markets. We've got a big morning still to go, but Jill, more of our farm news. What else is going on? So, organic farmers and those farmers who want to transition into organics are part of the federal government's American Rescue Plan. The USDA is earmarking $300 million to in a new organic transition initiative that will help build new and better organic markets as well as more steady income stream for organic producers. Since 2008, the number of farms transi- transitioning from non-organic to fully cr- certified organic operations has fallen by 71%, mainly because of the inconsistent market opportunities. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and the new money will provide more technical assistance to farmers regarding organic production, provide more financial assistance for conservation programs, make more crop insurance available for organic producers, and support more organic market development. And on the beef herd side, the U.S. beef herd is also seeing some shrinkage because of the hot, dry weather across the Great Plains and western states. In July, ranchers put 1.8 million head of cattle in feedlots, up 2% from a year ago. That means there are now 11.2 million head in those lots, the second most ever, and the con- and the contraction of... The national herd is expected to continue even with prices up over $30 from 2021 as feed costs are even high. And, of course, that means the pastures have dried up. There's no grass out there, so they're putting them in the lots earlier. And we're 20 minutes away from 6 o'clock. Brent's here. Markets are here. We've got 53 degrees looking for 80 in sunshine today. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we do have markets and Brent to get to, but again, things going on. Don't forget the Marshfield Central Wisconsin State Fair going on this weekend. The Minnesota State Fair St. Paul is now underway through Labor Day. And Jill, what else? Anything else in the area? There are some, aren't there? Well, there's the Price County okay. Fair. All right. 
And then we've got the 49th annual Steam Show. It's a North Central Wisconsin Antique Steam and Gas Engine Club is putting on their Steam Show starting today and running through the weekend. It's at the Kurt Omnis Farm in Edgar. All right, and a lot of different machine types. and They're, they're featuring Massey, Massey Harris tractors. All right, so that's all weekend. Was it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? It starts Friday at one thirty, and it goes through Sunday till 6. All right, so Kurt Omnis Farm has been going on over there forever, over in the Edgar area. Starts today. Should be a good day to start at 80 and sunny. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's almost quarter to six, 51 degrees and a little bit of fog out there. Let's head on over to Jim Lindsay and hear what happened at the Equity Altoona Market. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.25 to $1.47. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.18 to $1.45. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.33 to $1.43. Choice Holstein steers, $1.18 to $1.32. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.17 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 80 to 90. We had a top of 92 and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 62 to 79. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 61 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.20. We had a top of $1.29. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from 85 to $1.02. We had a top of $1.07. Then full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $130 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $250 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 70 to 72. We do sell organic cattle on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is today, Friday. August 26th at noon. We will have Holstein and beef feeders as well as some cow-calf pairs and bread beef heifers. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. we got more markets to get to the sale barns over in Stratford Equity. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. I suppose you're going to be uh, at the Edgar Steam Engine Days over there at the Omnis Farm this weekend? Well, good morning to you, Bob and Joe. Yes, I will. I'm not sure exactly what schedule is going to be yet, but we'll be over there at some point in time. Sounds like the weather is going to be good for those folks this year. Let's hope so, because last year it was pretty much a rain out. I know yeah, that. I know. Anytime you have an outdoor event here, you, you plan it and cross your fingers, that's for sure. Well, wrap up the week for us. How busy has it been at Stratford? All right, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and the past week here at Stratford. We'll start out with the uh, cow market yesterday. Uh, the high-yielding fleshy cows yesterday, Holstein and beef cows, and they were selling from 86 up to 98. Most of the cows this week sold from 62 to 85. Thinner cows, larger carcass cows below 62. On the bull trade to close out yesterday, better quality bulls are 95 to 112. We did top this week on the bulls at 114. Lighter bulls below 90. On the Fed cattle trade, charge trading Holstein steers, uh, they were selling mostly from a dollar twenty-five to a dollar thirty-five. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from one thirty-five to one forty-three. Select grading cattle, under finished cattle, one twenty and back. Now on the calf market, uh, Holstein bull calves uh, mostly steady on the close yesterday. Uh, top in calves were of course on Monday's auction, but yesterday the better quality bull calves mostly from seventy-five to one fifty. Uh, extreme top this week, uh, as I said, on Monday at one seventy-five. Heifer calves, very limited demand this week, 40 and below. Beef calves, good demand, 150 to 300, uh, topping out at 355. And as we take a look here at the uh, next week's schedule for marketing, a full marketing week on tap for next week here at Stratford, including our next hay sale will be on Tuesday, August 30th, next feeder cattle sale Wednesday, August 31st. So, again, we have a lot of information on our website. We do have uh, several uh, herds for sale on a private treaty basis on the dairy end of it and also beef cattle for sale. So look at our website, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and you'll have uh, all that information. And, uh, yep, a lot of stuff going on this weekend, so folks have a nice weekend. And while we're at it today, today is National Dog Day, so take care of your dog. Absolutely. Good advice. Take care of your dog, and don't forget your little plastic bag when you take them for a walk. Have a good one, Jer. 
All right, Bob, you enjoy the day. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, in the markets, Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Weak demand for corn. Looking at uh, less demand for bean meal. But overnight uh, went up a little bit. December corn up a nickel at six fifty five. The oats down eleven at three ninety six. December wheat up two at seven ninety one. Soybeans for November up seven cents overnight, sitting at fourteen thirty eight. And soybean meal for October up five twenty a ton, four twenty three ninety. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location. Corn's at six fifty four with beans at fourteen seventy two. Doomer's Grandma Holdman. Corn is at six fifty nine with beans at fifteen thirteen. On the DTN screen, corn golden plump today six sixty four a bushel at Baldwin six fifty four in the corn fourteen fifty nine in the beans Durand and Mondovi corn six forty nine beans fourteen fifty four at Elmwood six fifty four and fourteen fifty four at Fall Creek six thirty four in the corn fourteen thirty nine in the beans Osseo six fifty nine on the corn fourteen fifty nine in the beans Elk Mound. Corn is six sixty nine, beans fourteen sixty four. Sparta corn is also at six sixty nine. Their beans at fourteen sixty five. Ellsworth six thirty four and fourteen thirty nine. Ethanol plants. Boyceville corn today six seventy one. Stanley six seventy eight. New Richmond six seventy two. Barrels down a cent and a quarter. One eighty six and a quarter. Blocks unchanged to one seventy six. Butter up three and a half at three oh three and a half. August class three up a nickel at twenty eleven. September up two at twenty oh one. October up one at twenty thirty six. November up fifteen at twenty one thirty one. December up eighteen cents at twenty one twenty eight. Once again, we're looking about oh, 51 degrees right now, and we are expecting a sunny day today with highs about 80. Friday morning, Brent Wink is here as we cover the crops during the planting, growing, and harvesting season with Winfield United. Brent was busy at field days the last couple of days. Had a nice chance to visit with your dad over there. He's oh, uh, he, he caught you. Oh, we had a good talk. I can see why you're successful. He's still, he, he said he, he doesn't sign the checks, but I think it sounds to me like he's still got a little input. You know, and he's he's up every morning yep. still at 4 a.m., 4.15 a.m., down to the barn, helping uh, helping my brother with that herd of cows. And when it's combining time, he's first up, last up at night. He uh, eighty he turned 80 in April. Uh, good for him. And, uh, better like... shape and works harder than I do every day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was at some of the sessions with him as went from spot mm-hmm. to spot in the field. He had some questions of interest that uh, were not from a retired guy, somebody still involved in the operation. Absolutely, absolutely. He understands it better than I do. That's well. why he was there, to kind of feed me the information. <laughs> well, he did a good job because it was good field in. I, you never get to all of it, but it was good. But uh, what do we got this morning? At the go to the test plots, everything is wonderful. But what about the other yeah. fields? So I thought I'd kind of take everyone along for the ride of what the week looked like and. uh I've got an account, uh, Federated Co-op over in Osceola, and then they've got locations in Minnesota. So for me, the week started over in Osceola at one of Federated's discovery plots. And over there, they've been nipped with the drought a little bit. The soybeans are still a little short. They actually hadn't even fully canopied. And corn was firing some from the drought. They'd gotten some rain the week earlier. But, uh, you know, the challenge you run into with those soybeans when you got conditions like that that sunlight is still hitting the ground. You start getting some weeds that still have the opportunity to germinate. And we talk a lot about herbicides, but blocking the sunlight and not letting that hit the ground is our best weed control. So some late season weeds starting to pop in over there. But uh, that usually is a plot that gets really bad white mold. That's probably a plus side of drought conditions. There wasn't really much mold setting in there. Tuesday, we uh, moved up to Rush City, Minnesota, one of their discovery plots up there. That actually was looking really good up there. The soybeans fully canopied, really nice, beautiful, tall soybeans. They've been getting timely rains. Corn was still had good plant health, a little firing on the knolls. Uh, the growing degree units at that plot, we were at about 1,800 growing degree units the corn was in kind of that milk stage, so we're sitting about 600 growing degree units yet to, to be needed to get uh, you know 92 to 95-day corn to full maturity. So a little ways to go, but when you start seeing 80s still in the forecast, that really 
really is positive. Then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll talk about those plot days here in a second, but Wednesday night, uh, I had the opportunity to go out and walk some fields. There's some corn that's uh, kind of turning and trying to diagnose and, and figure it out. And we're actually finding northern corn leaf blight out in that enrichment area and some corn fields and kind of driving in today too. you know, here's fog, heavy dew, you know, this time of year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is, is just perfect recipe for diseases. So, you know, that's when you'll kind of really start seeing in our soybeans and our corn crop, this is that time of year where that wet canopy in those crops can kind of be conducive for more disease and things to set in. So starting to see some of that. And fast forward to uh, Wednesday and Thursday, you know, over here in Menominee, <clears throat> you know, kind of a, a sweet spot. It's under irrigation. The crops looked phenomenal. A, a really good plant health. And we, we had a couple of good days Wednesday with uh, Synergies, uh, Customer Field Day. Jill was out that day. And then yesterday with uh, Alcivia's uh, Customer Day. And, Bob, you popped out uh, there. And we had just a lot of good presentations. I was presenting under a tent. Obviously, so I couldn't hear uh, the other presentations, but a lot of good feedback. Just the companies to kind of update all the growers of what's new in their lineups and what's going on and a chance to see. We spent some time around nitrogen management and how to keep your corn from firing and, and again, focusing on fungicides. And so it's just my favorite time of year when you kind of can, can go around all these field days, see what's working, what's not working, try to improve or make a little subtle changes in your operation or your management from one year to the next, uh, grading hybrids and the soybean varieties. And uh, even over in Menominee yesterday, I expected to find maybe a little bit more white mold. I was starting to find some in those variety trials. So we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring. But hopefully this can be a year that we don't have white mold as bad as we've had it mm, yeah, we in some years bad. past. But Anything we can do? You mentioned uh, northern corn leaf blight and this uh, dew and stuff. Yep. Gets on. Anything we can do right now? You or? know, it's, it's a lot of it, the ship has sailed. Yeah. The fungicide applications kind of back at tassel would have prevented some of those things. So, again, biggest takeaway is just seeing what's affecting it and then making some management changes for next year. That's why uh, you always a recommendation, farmers, when you go out in your fields, take a little notebook with you and write down some notes. Our memories yep. are never as nope. good as we think they are. We forget Boy. about some of the things by the time the next year rolls around. That Even a guy true. like you that can remember <laughs> just about every name. Well, or Can uh, you remember your elementary or your grade school teachers or oh, any of that? absolutely. They were 61 all years. They were all none, so I remember them. Graduated eighth grade 61 yep. years ago. You bet I did. You went the, the reunion. Did reunion? you go the next four years at least somewhere, or did you stop at an eighth grade <laughs> no, I education? Went, I went four more. All right, good but, for you. But uh, at this point in time, 61 years, the reunion starts, you know, normally have a class reunion, you know, start five or six o'clock, going to the night. It yep. starts at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody will be able to get their midday nap in. So. be home by 6.30 That's to watch right. Wheel of Fortune. There you go. Thanks, Brent. You too. Have a great weekend, and thanks for coming out these uh, last couple oh, of days. Yeah. It was well worth it. Uh, that's for sure. Brent Wink with us on our program covering the crops from Winfield United. 51 degrees right now, sunny and 80 today. Get out and enjoy it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On demand content at waxradio.com.